This is episode 404 with myself and my beautiful wife, Melissa Ambrosini. Welcome to the Melissa Ambrosini Show. I'm your host, Melissa, best-selling author of Mastering Your Mean Girl and Open Wide. And I'm here to remind you that love is sexy, healthy is liberating, and wealthy isn't a dirty word. Each week, I'll be getting up close and personal with thought leaders from around the globe, as well as your weekly dose of motivation so that you can create epic change in your own life and become the best version of yourself possible. Are you ready, beautiful? Guess what, my friends? My third physical book, Comparisonitis, How to Stop Comparing Yourself to Others and Be Genuinely Happy is out right now. I am so excited and I cannot wait for you to read it. Honestly, I could not be more proud of Comparisonitis. Number one, New York Times best-selling author and social media sensation Jay Shetty said, Never before has a book been more needed. Future generations will thank Melissa for shining a spotlight on Comparisonitis. And multiple New York Times best-selling author Gabby Bernstein said, Since Melissa refers to people who have recovered from Comparisonitis as unicorns, I suppose that makes this book a sort of unicorn training manual. I'm so grateful that such a manual has arrived. It's been infinitely helpful to me. My hope is that the same holds true for you. If you want to finally free yourself from comparison, fall madly in love with yourself and experience genuine deep happiness like never before, this book is for you. If you want to be a better friend, partner, parent, family member, colleague, or human, If you want to experience genuine happiness, have more energy to go after the things that truly matter to you. If you want to free yourself from expectations, unleash your creativity, feel more liberated than you've ever felt before in your life, be free to live your life for you and no one else, feel peace deep from within, truly appreciate your body and your life, experience a radical shift towards authenticity, and unleash the courage to go after your dreams, then head to comparisonitis.com and get your copy and all my awesome extra goodies that I've created for you for free. Not only do you get the book, you will get the official Comparisonitis workbook, a gorgeous Comparisonitis wallpaper for your phone, my ebook, How to Create a Soul-Expanding Comparisonitis Book Club, Not one, but two of my brand new 8D Zentone Advanced Brainwave Technology Meditations, which will give you one hour of meditation in just 11 minutes, plus two never-been-heard-or-released-before interviews with global spiritual thought leaders. Just head to comparisonitis.com and please share the book on social media and tell me your top takeaways. I cannot wait for you to read this book. We have just had Leo, who's my 15-year-old bonus son, with us for a month. And when he's with us, I love fueling his body with as much nutrients as I possibly can. This is why I love Athletic Greens. Now, every morning when he walks out into the kitchen, there's a large glass of room temperature filtered water with his Athletic Greens, which is his daily all-in-one superfood powder in it. He loves it and I love knowing that not only is he starting his day with hydration and green goodness, but that he's getting any vitamins and minerals that he may be missing in his diet. Best of all, he loves the taste, which is so awesome. And just one scoop contains 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food sourced ingredients, including a multivitamin, multimineral, probiotic, green superfood blend, and more. That all work together to fill the nutritional gaps in your diet, increase your energy and focus, aid with digestion, and support a healthy immune system, all without the need to take multiple products, which is perfect for anyone. Another thing I love about Athletic Greens is they continue to obsessively improve this one holistic formula based on the latest research, producing 53 iterations over the last decade. They invest in the most absorbable and natural source of each ingredient and go above and beyond in third-party testing to ensure that their customers continue to receive the highest quality 
and the best daily nutritional habit on the planet. And it's lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, and contains less than one gram of sugar without compromising on taste. And right now, Athletic Greens is doubling down on supporting your immune system by offering you a free year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase, which means you'll basically never have to buy vitamin D ever again. All you have to do is head to athleticgreens.com forward slash Melissa to get your free year's supply of vitamin D and your five free travel packs today. How awesome is that? Welcome back to the show. This is episode 404. And this is not Melissa's voice. Obviously, I am stepping in. My name is Nick Broadhurst. I am Melissa's husband because my beautiful wife is on maternity leave taking care of our lovely little goddess Bambi. So much fun. We're having an absolute ball with her. Now, the first interview that I did as a guest host was number 399 with Lark Davis on how to make money in crypto. Now, that has done really, really well. And we've decided I'll keep stepping up and doing more of this guest hosting until Melissa is back. And what better way to do it than to interview my beautiful wife. So today, we're actually sharing our top lessons from our first seven years of marriage. We recently celebrated seven year anniversary of marriage and we decided to sit down and write out the things that have really moved the needle on our marriage. These aren't things which, you know, are hard to employ or hard to sort of see results. These are things which you can do right now, which have a massive, massive impact on any relationship, especially romantic relationships. And I highly recommend that you grab yourself a pen and a paper, not if you're driving, and write this down. I promise you, these nine habits will absolutely revolutionize any relationship. I know that's a big call, but it's true because we've lived it, all right? And the reason that we've had to employ these is because, like all relationships, we've had to move through things together. We've had hurdles come up. We've had all sorts of challenges and obstacles in our first seven years together as a married couple. And for those of you who don't know our story, we actually got together very quickly. I proposed after two weeks. We got married very quickly. And we share all of that in another episode called How to Find the One. So you can definitely go and check that out. And for everything that we mentioned in today's episode, make sure you go to melissaambrostini.com forward slash 404 for all the show notes, all the links, all the goodies to everything that we mentioned. So let's get into it. I'm so excited to do this episode with you. I have wanted to do it for so long. I have been bugging you to do this episode, but we've had a baby. So we've had a bit on. Before we dive into this episode, give us a little life update. Where are you at? What's new and good? What's exciting you right now? Tell me all the things. All the things. Okay, cool. Well, obviously, Bambi, she's one of the major things right now. And she's divine, beautiful, fun, playful, just everything. Just can't even quite put into words. She's so cute. And for everyone who's thinking, will they share their birth story? Will they share it? We may. We may share it. We've actually recorded the episode. And then at the end of it, we're like, mm, didn't like that. We want to do it again. <laughs> we're so do it again. keep an ear out for that. Yeah. So yes, Bambi, obviously, Leo is up here at the moment. So having the four of us together is amazing. It's so beautiful to watch those two connecting and him just getting more and more comfortable in a, almost in a semi-parenting role because he's 15. So cute. So having him take responsibility is beautiful. For me, the biggest thing is music, for sure. Where are you at with that? What are you working on? So literally today, I've just locked in my producer for my next album, which is really exciting because I've got quite a few tracks that we've been working on together sporadically, but now we're making it more formal and putting it into an album. So expect 10 to 12 songs in the next six months or so as an album. And what's exciting about that is I sort of came to this realization that one of the things that's held me back with my music has been the fact that I write so many different styles of music. So I've been almost a bit confused as an artist as to like, what do I release? Who am I, right? And then this like brainwave simple idea came to me, I'll just release another artist project, right? So I've got Nick Broadhurst, which is the music you guys would know me for, which is the sort of more beautiful, 
stuff, yes, darling. And if you're not following him on Spotify, go and follow because his music is so beautiful. Yeah, so you may have noticed a few more kind of poppier songs sort of creep in there, like Moving On and Save a Little, some of these ones. And I realized it's a bit confusing, actually, because artists tend to have a sound, have a world that they live in. And Nick Broadhurst has been a bit, the genres have changed a bit in the last sort of year. It's not confusing for me. Like as a listener, I don't think it's confusing. I just love all of your music. Yeah, but you are my wife. (laughs) (laughs) But if you think about when you put on an album, right, if anyone does that anymore, but if you go to Spotify and you just play an artist, play, you want to get that mood. Mm. Like if you put on Sean Angus Watson, right, it's one of our favorite sort of background soft guitar stuff. He's really great. Dinner party music. Go and check him out. You know what you're going to get. You're going to get this beautiful, easy music, right? Mm. With Nick Broadhurst, it's a bit of a mixed bag at the moment. So I'm tidying that up and I'm launching another artist project, which is going to be a pop project. And it's going to be disco and dance and just like really fun music. And that's been super liberating for me because now all these songs I have sitting here, which I haven't wanted to release because they're not really me. I can start releasing them. So yeah, two projects, new album, and just really enjoying the discipline of writing every day. I love it. How about you, Nelly? What's... What's new and good for you? I think I know the answer. (laughs) Well, for those that don't know, yes, we've had our daughter, Bambi Girl, which is just so beautiful. So that is very new. And I'm navigating motherhood and going through the initiation of becoming a mother. And it's so beautiful, so beautiful and expansive. And I love that so much. And I've just loved getting to know her and bonding with her. So that is definitely new and good. And also Comparisonitis, my latest book has launched. So I've been doing a bit of press for that. Lots of interviews, which has been really fun. And this podcast has continued to just grow and expand. And I have loved that as well. So that's what's kind of going on in my world at the moment. And yeah, all is great. Actually, one thing you can expect is more episodes on this show from me as a guest host because of Melissa's maternity leave. I'm obviously wanting to respect Melissa's time off, but of course, people want episodes. People love the episodes, right? So we want to keep them rolling and we've got some great stuff coming up. So if you haven't heard my first guest host, that was the episode with Lark Davis on cryptocurrencies, which was super fascinating and has been downloaded so much because it's just such a hot topic right now. It's a goodie. Yeah. So let's dive in to today's episode. Initially, we wanted to share seven relationship lessons that we've learned and that we live by and that we love and wanted to share with you guys. We've come up with nine. Why seven? Well, because this year in April, which has now passed, we had our seven-year wedding anniversary. So that's why we wanted to do seven. Now, seven years is supposed to be like an itch, right? Seven-year itch? I don't believe that stuff. (laughs) No. Are you itchy? Definitely not itchy. <laughs> I feel bit, like we've fallen more in love. Maybe a bit after the birth, you're a bit itchy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think the seven-year itch refers to that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm definitely not itchy. In fact, I would say it's the complete opposite. Definitely. But maybe it was good timing to have yeah. a baby literally born so close to our anniversary and brings in a whole new dynamic around the time of itchiness. Yeah. Definitely. But yeah, having Bambi has brought us so much closer, hasn't it? So we'll share more about that. But let's dive into these nine lessons that we live by, that we love, and that we hope you get a lot out of. So number one is, God, so important. My gosh. This is literally, I don't know how you can be in a relationship without understanding this one, because it can change a sticky situation so quickly, which could go on for days or weeks or months. Or years. Yeah, or years and and end a relationship. Or you can flip it in the moment. And that is, nothing good comes from closing, which you would have heard in Melissa's book, Open Wide. Now, to give you an example of this, we'll talk you through a real life example of how we have applied this. So actually, we'll give you two examples. So the first one is, this was years ago. I remember it so clearly, where we just had a day where we were just kind of like a bit nasty to each other. Like we weren't being nice. A bit aggro. Yeah, a bit (laughs) aggro. Weren't being nice to each other. And for whatever reason, I can't even remember. remember. That's that's the thing, right? It's so ridiculous in the time. Like, oh my God, it's so important. Our drama is like the center of our universe. And then a few years later, you're like, what was that about again? Nah. So I get into bed and Melissa's in bed and already her back is turned to me as I get into bed. 
And I'm feeling, well, closed, right? And Melissa's feeling closed, hence her body language of closing her back to me, facing her back to me. I get into bed and I'm like, can I, I put my back to her, so like back to back, right? Which is kind of silly. But it happens a lot when you're not feeling super lovey dove, then you do just kind of close off to each other. And I'm lying there thinking, okay, if I don't do something in this moment, guaranteed, Melissa's going to probably wake up or maybe not even go to sleep. And at like 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, we're going to end up having like an hour or two hour conversation, which is just not going to go anywhere. And I was tired, didn't want to see this happen. But also, we'd applied this enough times before for me to realize that in this moment, someone had to be the one who was bigger, right? Someone had to open up. So in that moment, it was me. So I I think, okay, bloody hell, I'm just going to turn around. And the first step is me just to face her. So I just roll over. Okay, now I'm facing her. Step one, not too hard. And I was a bit resistant. Totally resistant. The next step is contact. (laughs) (laughs) So the hand comes up, makes its way in the air over the void. To the shoulder? (laughs) To the shoulder. Finds its way to her shoulder. And just, you know, a bit of physical contact. Then it's a little tickle of the neck, maybe hands through the hair. And I'm not enjoying this at this point because I'm closed, but I can start to feel myself softening and becoming the bigger one. And Melissa's lying there, closed, but receiving. And slowly you see her shoulder just drops a little bit and she starts sort of rolling onto her back. And now the gates have opened, right? Because I'm facing her and she's in like a neutral position. So we've now sort of, I guess, bridged that void a bit, right? And the next step is to have her face me. So I might just gently pull her towards me start stroking her hair. And in this moment, the magical thing is nothing actually needs to be said, right? You can get into a conversation if you want, but guaranteed, it's not going to really solve anything. What will solve it is opening up and giving each other love. Absolutely. So we're now facing each other. I'm touching Melissa's hair. And the next step is a little kiss. So what's happened here? You can see we've transformed two people lying back to back, going to bed, probably about to wake up and have a fight. Incredibly closed very closed, to now within literally a matter of minutes, you're facing each other and you're kissing, right? Because ultimately, especially the feminine, the feminine wants to feel loved, really wants to feel loved. So if I just can open up and give Melissa love, Melissa's going to soften every single time. This has never, ever failed. She's always going to soften, okay? What the feminine does not want is for the man to lie there and chat it out and work it out, which we'll talk about in another point. So now all of a sudden we're lying there, we're affectionate, and within a matter of minutes, we're actually in a moment of passion and moving towards making love. That is the power of nothing good comes from closing. If you can remember that, maybe tattoo it on your forehead, <laughs> <laughs> write it on the mirror. It's not a bad idea. We, we had used it, to. yeah, in our old apartment. We used to have it written on the mirror. Do you think we're better at it now? Is why we don't write or we're just anal about the way our house looks? No, I think we just remember. We, we know. We know now. It doesn't mean we always get it 100%, but we know. You know, and there's smaller examples of this. You know, there's an example of us being in the kitchen. And for those that follow me on Instagram will know that Nick is an incredible cook. And he is also a perfectionist for those that know him very well. And so I would be cutting carrots and not cutting them to his standard. <laughs> and maybe he... Would. She's not exaggerating, like literally. No, this happens, guys. If she makes a salad and she cuts it too chunky. <laughs> he hates it. Because I've got sensitive teeth, right? And if I eat a chunky salad, it hurts my teeth. So I'm like, babe, I've told you like a hundred times, I can't chew that massive chunk of carrot or that huge thing of fennel or whatever it is. He's very precious, guys. Very yeah. sensitive little soul. <laughs> very sensitive. <laughs> so, you know, maybe he might get angry and there's other stuff going on. You know, it's not usually about the carrot. There's usually something else going on. And in that moment, maybe Nick closes off. And if I can see that something else is going on for him, or maybe I don't even know that, maybe I can just see that he is heated. It takes one person to be the bigger person, to step forward and to remember that nothing good comes from closing and to open the barrier. And in that moment, it was me. I stepped forward and I was like, okay, darling, you know, I can chop this this way. And I was the bigger person that stepped forward in that moment. And it's not about competition. Who's the bigger person? We're just saying it takes one person to step forward and be the bigger person in that moment. Nothing good is going to happen if you're both 
closing and closing down. Nothing good is going to happen. So that is the first lesson. Nothing good comes from closing. I'd encourage you as well to have a think about your relationships right now, whether it's romantic, friendships, parents, whatever it is. Think of a time where you have felt closed and someone else has been closed. And then just sort of just work your way through the situation mentally and see how that could have changed. So next time you can then catch it in the moment and apply it and use this tool is very powerful. Let's move on to lesson number two. And this is remembering that men are from Mars and women are from Venus. Huge. So this book, and I've had John Gray on the podcast. I'll link to it in the show notes. It is my number one most downloaded episode out of over 400 episodes on the show. So it tells me that you guys want this relationship stuff. So men are from Mars, women are from Venus. Now we went seven years without fully understanding each other's needs. And in the book, men are from Mars, women are from Venus, highly recommended. I'll link to it in the show notes as well. Yeah, we discovered this book this year. No, no, we didn't discover this book. We read this book and applied it whilst I was pregnant. And it changed everything for us. Before that, we were doing some couples therapy and counseling and nothing was kind of giving us the transformation in our relationship that we desired, the next level, the up-leveling in our relationship that we desired. Then we read this book and we were like, oh my goodness. Yeah, we sort of reached a really sticky point, didn't we? We always felt like during the pregnancy and even before that, during conception, that perhaps it was Bambi's little beautiful soul was making us like tidy things up, clean house in the relationship. Yeah, we feel like she was calling us to rise 100%. She was like, come on, mama and papa, I am waiting for you to step up to clean up, clean up a few little things. And we definitely did that. So during the pregnancy, we read the book together and we applied all of the principles. And what we realized was that we weren't meeting each other's needs. <laughs> and John Gray talks about this a lot in the book and in the episode that I did with him. We weren't meeting each other's needs. So basically, women need to feel and be heard and men need to feel and be respected and appreciated. Let's give examples of that. So let's say Melissa is feeling stressed and overwhelmed. About work or something. About work. And Melissa starts talking to me about it. And the way that she's delivering it can feel like a bit of an attack, okay? Bit of an attack towards me. Now, in the past, what I would have done is taken that personally and then tried to problem solve. So the first thing you have to remember is for the man is don't be Mr. Fix-It, okay? Just like, this is so important for the fellas out there. Do not try and fix the situation. Women just want to be heard. So in that moment where I'm feeling stressed and overwhelmed about work or whatever it is, I don't necessarily want Nick to do anything. I just want him to listen to me and hear me and for him to respond and say, I hear you, babe. Something as simple as that. So women just want to be heard and men want to feel respected and appreciated. An example of that would be that in that moment where Melissa is sort of projecting stuff at me, which feels like it's being, you know, semi-aggressive, for me, I feel like I'm being a bit attacked because it can sometimes come off like she's blaming me. Which I'm not. She's not, right? Mm -hmm. But you, you know, and I just really need you to do this and blah, 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 and you, you, you. It's easy to take that personally, right? But if I just shut up, (laughs) just take it and listen. Just really listen and say, baby, that must be really challenging to feel that way. So what you do is you reinforce that you've heard them by actually saying, that must be, right? That must be really hard for you, darling. How does that feel, right? And if you can just make it through that and reinforce the way she's feeling just by being encouraging, using encouraging language, right? You'll find that in literally a few minutes or five minutes or 10, whatever, however long it takes, that she'd be kind of like, I feel so much better. Thank you so much for for helping me. Not even listening. (laughs) Thank you so much for helping me through this. And you're like, I didn't do anything. I just sat here and listened. In the past, what would I have done? Tried to fix it. Well, first you would have maybe responded with a bit of anger and aggression. How, what do you mean it's my fault? Like, yeah. babe, I mean, I, this is what I do around the place. Like I do this and this and your business and da 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 We get into this sort of tit for tat, right? And then you would have tried to fix it. All right, let's, okay, well, okay. I'll do this. So like tomorrow we're going to get up and we're just going to make sure we get our morning routines done. And at eight o'clock, we're going to sit down and we're going to work this out. And what you need to do, is you need to schedule your day this way and like remove this from your day and do this and do that. That's what Mr. Fix-It does. 
okay? And every man pretty much is a Mr. Fix-It because that's the masculine. Men want to just fix things and like, they're problem solvers, okay? Don't problem solve women. It doesn't work. Just, just listen. listen right? <laughs> so that is like literally one of the most amazing things I've ever learned. And then men need to feel respected and appreciated. And that is so important. I think women, we tend to mother our men. And he talks about this in the book. John Gray talks about not mothering. Like that is the most emasculating thing ever for a man to mother your husband. And he talks about in the book about being the home improver. You know, men are the Mr. Fix-its and women are the home improvers. And what he means by that is like we're trying to improve our man all the time. We're trying to... Trying to change them. Try, yeah, trying to change them. Trying to like mother them. Trying to almost helicopter parent them. And that is so unsexy. If you want to like ruin your relationship, do that. <laughs> yeah. So here again, coming back to when we were in this really sticky part of our relationship, if we just literally look at what was going on, okay, I was always playing Mr. Fix-It and she was always trying to improve me, right? It was so classic. When we read the book, we read it together. This is an important point. I think it's a really good idea if both sides are open to it for both of you to read the book together. Maybe you've got two copies or Kindles or whatever, but read it and then talk about it each night. That's what we did. So we would read a chapter at the same time and then we discussed the chapter, highlighted it, implemented it into our life straight away. Yeah, which was so powerful, right? And it was hilarious because we were doing not everything wrong, but we were doing, we were just like the classic example of the, <laughs> In the book. of the couple. So for men, what Melissa would do is, okay, I'm in the kitchen and what's an example, darling? Just, you know, thank you so much for taking out the bins. I really appreciate that. No, what's the opposite though? Oh, just not acknowledging those things. Yeah, but it's also telling me to. Oh, telling you to micromanaging. do something. Micromanaging. Micromanaging. Yes. Can you do this? Can you do that? Don't forget the keys. Have yes, you done this? That's what it is. Have you done the bins, right? Did you close the garage door, <laughs> right? All these sorts of things. Have you turned the bath off? Have you did it? it? It's the micromanaging that it's drove so me freaking nuts, right? And I literally got to a point, didn't I, where I, I kind of screamed at you. I was like, you have to stop parenting me. Stop mothering me. Like I was so annoyed. But we didn't have the tools or the framework to understand what why was that on? was not a good idea. And when you understand that it's the complete opposite of what men need, the minute she stopped it, what was I like? The most amazing divine masculine. She had to zip it as well. A lot of it is about zipping when you don't want to zip it, right? Just be quiet. So when women want to speak it out, talk it out, men are opposite. When they have a problem that they want to solve or something comes up that's stressing them, men go into the cave. So talk about the cave. What is the cave? The cave is essentially your head, right? You go into your head to problem solve. So if something comes up which requires me to work something out, maybe it's something, I don't know, in your business, which is complicated, a deal or something that's going on. Contracts or staff, things like that. Yeah. And it requires problem solving. I'm going to go into my head and I'm going to look like there's something wrong. And what women do is think that they have done something wrong or their man is upset at them or, you know. Or why is my man so cold? What's going on? Why is he being so cold to me? Exactly. Which is what I have done in the past so many times. And it's not personal. So Nick will now say to me, baby, I'm just in the cave. And I'm like, cool. I know exactly what he's doing. I know he's in his head trying to problem solve. It's not personal. He doesn't not love me anymore. He's just problem solving. So he will say, we have this dialogue now. He will say to me, I'm in the cave. I'm like, cool. That's all I need to know. Yeah. She said, are you okay, darling? Yeah, I'm, I'm fine, babe. I'm just in the cave. I'm like, awesome. So, okay. oh, and now I just, it's like instant, right? So what you don't want to do is for the feminine to stand at the door of the cave. And I do want to say as well, preface that if this is the same sex relationship, it's exactly the same because every relationship has masculine and feminine. So you'll know who in each relationship has more of the masculine and more of the feminine. The same rules apply. We're not talking about same-sex relationships exclusively. And we all have masculine and feminine within us too. So we're just sharing our experience. This is a hetero experience because that's us, yeah. but the rules are the same, right? And so what women can do is stand at the entrance to the cave, yelling, trying to get the man out of the cave, right? Yeah, what's wrong with you? You're so cold. What's wrong? Have I done something to upset you? Do you not love me anymore? And like that for the man while they're trying 
trying to problem solve and support you and the family is very frustrating. It can make the man sort of Close. come from the cave and be like, oh, for God's sake, like, just be quiet. Like, I'm trying to, you're not going to communicate this very effectively. But it can lead to an outburst in the masculine because the masculine's like, give me some space. I just need to get this done. But there's no, until you understand what the cave is and what the needs are, you don't know how to effectively communicate it. And then he might close off, which is the first lesson. Nothing good comes from closing. So we don't want that. We don't want the woman standing at the cave, banging on the cave door saying, come out, just allow your man to be in their cave. And the more you allow them to be in the cave, they might only be in their cave for a day or two days. Or five minutes. Or five minutes, exactly. But if you're standing there banging on the door, they might stay in their cave for a lot longer. Another great thing from this book is the idea of this point system. Yeah. Talk to us about the point system. So. Let's look at an example of how point systems can play out. So let's say that they're us right now, actually. So you're taking some time out, okay? Well, <laughs> sort of. as I record this podcast yeah. and do multiple comparisonitis interviews. Yeah, sort of that's, time. That's my time out. Time out for you comparatively, which has seen me have to step in a lot more, okay? Now, I think I'm earning heaps of points in the relationship because I'm doing so much more work. But Melissa doesn't see it that way. The feminine doesn't look at all this stuff I'm doing in her business as all these points. It might just be one point. I just get a point for all the stuff I've been doing, right? But if I come over and give her a kiss, that could be two points. That could be 10 points. Right? Or if Stro- I give her a stroking massage. Stroking my hair could be like 50 points. <laughs> so we, we think we're scoring all these great points by doing this other stuff. Like you could go out and be earning a couple of million dollars and come home and be closed and earn zero points. And the man's like, what the heck? Like, I just went out and I'm doing this for our family. But the woman doesn't see it like that. They see it as, where are the little gestures? You know, bring flour home, you know, 10 points. This point system has really helped us a lot in our relationship. Totally. And it links into another point about making love, because making love is an example of earning a lot of points, right? (laughs) So it's interesting because it reminds me to do the little things. Like, send, thank I send you. you messages. He sends me a text message almost every single day, and they're different every day. It's actually funny. I think it was two days ago. <laughs> Melissa was in a bit of comparisonitis with her parenting, <laughs> and I wrote this message. And what did you say to me? I thought he'd copied and pasted it from from some like inspirational quote on Instagram or something <laughs> because it was so beautiful. I have to get it and read it. It was so beautiful. I actually saved it in my phone. But, you know, so Nick has a reminder to send me a beautiful text message every single day just confessing his love for me and it's so beautiful. You know, just these little things that it does or he might give me a foot rub or things like that. I'll read you the message that he wrote. When it comes to parenting, especially newborns, there is no one right way. Every baby is different and has their own path. We can't fit them into a box. Bambi doesn't want to fit into one theory. She wants you, us, to show up as best we can, nothing more. We figure it out one day at a time, together. Today we are okay, that's all that matters. No matter what happens tonight or tomorrow, just right now, we are parenting perfectly. With that said, what is there to doubt? Nothing. Everything you are doing is perfect. I love you and I'm in awe of your dedication and love. You inspire me to be more. I love you. I love you. I love you. How sweet is that? Like I literally thought that he'd copied and pasted (laughs) that from some sort of (laughs) parenting quote or website. It was so beautiful. Maybe I didn't. I'm just not telling you the truth. (laughs) But, you know, it's the little things. It's the little things, guys. Like, thank you so much for making the bed. Thank you for taking out the rubbish, picking a flower, writing a love note on a post-it note, sending a text message, running a bath, massaging, all of these things that do not cost a cent, they go such a long way. And to be perfectly honest with you, I do have a reminder. And there's nothing wrong with that. No. Because I can get caught up in, because my mornings are dedicated to music, right? So I write music in the mornings. And it's easy to actually kind of just get caught up in these things and forget to do a lot of stuff. And then when I go and check my things, things is an app that we use for productivity, which is so good. I've had David Allen on the show. Yeah. From the book, Getting Things Done. And we use that system of productivity. I'll link to that episode in the show notes. In my personal project, it pops up, right? Melissa, a love note. (laughs) Every day it pops up. And I don't actually always do it every day because I feel like sometimes it's really authentic to write something. And sometimes I'm like, no, I don't feel like I need to today. And even though I know that that is in his 
to-do list in his things, it doesn't bother me because I can feel the love and the intention behind every message that yeah, he sends me. It's genuine. Because it makes me think, oh, cool. What am I really appreciating about you today? And it makes me stop and appreciate mm-hmm. you, mm-hmm. right? Which again, changes the energy of the day, energy of the relationship. Let's move on to number three. And this is something which my mum whispered in Melissa's ear at the altar when we we're getting married. So on our wedding day, I had seven of my closest, well, it wasn't just friends. So I had my mom and my nonna and my mother-in-law and then a couple of my best friends who are married and in beautiful relationships that I admire. And they came up to me at the altar and they whispered in my ear the top relationship tip or advice. advice. What's your number one piece of advice for having a happy marriage? Yes. Before we get into this one, what did your nonna say? I wrote it down. And it was, I can't remember the exact words, but it was along the lines of remember that they are love. You know, like my nonna, she's very religious, very Catholic. She thinks everyone is Jesus. You know, she treats everyone like they are Jesus, literally like the embodiment of unconditional love. She's since passed and I love and miss her so much, but she treats everyone like they are the embodiment of unconditional love. And it's mm. so beautiful. And she said something along those lines. She is very much unconditional love, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. So this tip was never go to bed angry. And this was from your mum. She said to me, never go to bed upset or angry. And I have remembered that. And there have been times where we have closed off and we have gone to bed angry and upset. And that feels like crap. Bad idea. It is not fun. Because then that's when we... I wake him up. I wake him up maybe at midnight going, we need to talk. Or I might just hear these little whimpering cries in the corner. (laughs) (laughs) That hasn't happened for years. No. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. But here's, (gasps) oh "Oh, no. Okay. And I might just be lying there thinking, oh, here we go. You don't anymore. That was when you were a bit more harsh around the edges. You think I softened? I think you've definitely softened. softened. Yeah, I have. Yeah, you have softened so much over the last, especially the last two years. So what do you think has actually contributed to me softening? A combination of things. You have definitely done a lot of internal work, especially since I got pregnant. And we did speak about this on an episode. Actually, our conception episode, we spoke about bit of a transformation thanks to a bunch of stuff, but also plant medicine. Yeah. And you've done a lot of meditation, breath work. You've been diving deep. So definitely that has helped for sure. So coming back to not going to bed angry, that's kind of self-explanatory, but there are some other little points which sort of tie into this. And one of these actually comes from, again, men are from Mars, women are from Venus. And it was such a simple sentence (laughs) But it really stuck with me and it just said, never argue, full stop. That's it. Never argue. Like, like there's n- never a, should be a reason no. to argue. Just never argue, guys. It's very easy to take the person that you love the most and actually treat them like shit, <laughs> right? Why is that? I don't know. It's really, it's not okay. It's really not okay to treat the person we love so much like our punching bag. So make that your mantra. Never argue, never full stop. Argue. Full stop. And we also gave ourselves permission to use, because we were in a bit of a sticky spot and we needed some devices, some tools to help us navigate through it, right? And one of those was if during a heated conversation, we forgot each other's needs, didn't apply the tools, one of us could use a timeout, right? So if someone literally just did like the timeout symbol, (laughs) we both had an agreement that it was respected and we both stopped. In that moment, we just stopped, right? And have a time out, like literally have a time out. Maybe, you know, go in the other room, have a drink of water, wash your face, just have a time out. And then you can come back together from that place of calm and inner peace as opposed to heated and aggressiveness, you know? You're not going to get anywhere ever in a heated conversation. It doesn't solve anything, right? So the time out was actually, I think we used it twice. And we haven't used it since. And that was months ago before Bambi was born. But it did actually really, really help us. I remember clearly down in the garage, snapping at each other. And I just went, boom, time out. I can't even remember what it was about. We were going to the beach and I just called time out. And then (laughs) I think we just got over it. Yeah. Whatever it was. And one more thing that can really trigger anger is mentioning the past. And we got, we're in this habit a bit, weren't we? Yeah. Like many years ago, we would say, but you used to do this or you always do this. And I've spoken about using grand statements like always and never. Delete those from your vocabulary. Other than never argue. 
Yes. But you always do this or you never clean up, you know, and going back into the past. So we have a rule that we never (laughs) bring up the past. And if you do, we came up with this together. You have to do the other person's cleaning for that week, which is not really that fun. No. And we did get a cleaner when Bambi was born, so that we've got to rethink that one. But we haven't had to use it yet. No, we haven't actually. And hopefully we won't. It's just make it a blanket rule. This is all about building habits. Exactly. Make it a blanket rule. Like you don't bring up the past. And we have an agreement that, you know, we are not going to do that. And it just makes everything better. So that is lesson number three. Let's move on to lesson number four. And that is make love three times a week. Now, this number is different for every single person. You need to practice crystal clear communication with your partner and work out what feels good and right for you guys. And for us, you know, maybe three times is what feels good for us, but maybe you are seven times, maybe you are once. It doesn't really matter what number it is. All that matters is that you do what feels right for you and your partner. I think as well, it's good to just quickly touch on the glue. Okay. So the glue, we've spoken about this because it's been a huge lesson for us. When our relationship feels a bit off, a lot of the time it's because there has been far less intimacy than what we'd be used to or what we know is good for our relationship. Or what makes us thrive. What makes us thrive. And we often talk about how, you know, if you're building a house, you've got the foundations, the bricks, and the glue that holds the bricks together, right? And the foundation of a relationship is unity points or unity, core values. Which I talk about in Open Wide. Really important. Have those core values established. Love would be the bricks in this situation. But without glue holding those bricks together, the house falls down, right? You can't put a roof on it. And, and glue is? Making love. It's intimacy. It's sex. I think it's very easy to fall into relationships where, oh, you know, it's just, it's not that important to us. Yeah. You know, I hear that. We don't need to. We don't need to. We hear it a lot. It's quite common. You know, we're just good companions, really good friends. And if that's what you want, like if you want to be just a companion, best friends or roommates, you know, or whatever it is that works for you guys, then that's fine. But it's not what we want. Us, that is not the relationship we want. We We want to be like, this morning I came out of the shower and Melissa was like, she made the noise like, (laughs) like, (laughs) and that's what we want. Yeah. That's our own preference, our own goals. And we know that there has to be reasonably frequent lovemaking for that to be sustained. And of course, at the moment, you know, Melissa having a baby, Mm -hmm. things change and it's been fine because the priorities have been different. Yeah. And it will shift. Yeah. So that is very important. Okay. Let's move on to lesson number five, play every single day. Now, this doesn't mean you have to play for four hours a day. It could literally be Two minutes of play, tickling, dancing, laughing, being silly, joking love around. Is part of that too, I think. Absolutely. Mm. Find what is play for you two. Is it going to the beach? Is it one song dancing around the kitchen? Just find what brings you both joy and is play for you two and do it every single day. Literally commit to one or two minutes. That's all it takes. Yeah. And on the rare occasion that I'm actually the one to instigate a dance off. Because normally Melissa would put a song on and say, hey, let's have a little dance. And whenever we do, we have such a laugh. But if I'm the one who actually initiates that, it means so much to her. Like oh, it, it, it can just, it just changes her entire world. It brings me so much joy. And then, you know, this morning when he got out of the shower and I grunted um, at his physique, you know, he then starts dancing around nude and it just makes me so happy. Like it just brings me so much joy. So singing, singing in silly voices, dancing, whatever it is, but play every single day. I would say it's not a bad idea. Speaking of making things a habit and putting reminders in your phone or in your productivity app, it's not a bad idea to like at 12 o'clock every day, if you know you're together or five o'clock or seven o'clock in the morning, whatever it is, if there's a time you know that you and your partner have three minutes and if it is a little dance or whatever it is, have an alarm go off. There's nothing wrong with that because it makes you stop and go, oh, baby, it's dance off time. It's about creating healthy habits for your relationship. So if you need to do that, do that. We've definitely done that in the past. Relationships don't have to be serious. <laughs> they can be play. And of course, there's times of seriousness, but play. And it actually comes into parenting as well. My biggest change in parenting Leo was I did a podcast episode on it called The Playful Side of Parenting, was when I decided to become the most playful dad possible. And my entire relationship with Leo changed. 
So it's play so is important beautiful. in every relationship in your life. It's so, so beautiful and so important. Okay, lesson number six, recommit every day. So what does that mean to well, recommit every single day? This is something, it's not something we read about. It's actually something which I came up with because I wanted to reinforce or instill the tools, the ideas, the values of lots of things we learned over the years, including some of the men from Mars, women are from Venus stuff, and make it a habit every day. So what I did is came up with the idea of a commitment ceremony. And I would have an alarm go off, speaking of reminders, an alarm go off at 7 a.m. every morning. And we haven't done it since Bambi was born because we've had Bambi to connect over, right? And it would pop up. And we really needed this at the time. Yes, we we definitely needed it. We needed time to recommit each day. And it starts with choosing a photo or a video of a memory from our relationship, something that brings us joy. We use Google Photos, which is so easy to navigate because it has all the dates and everything. And you can just quickly like randomly scroll to like 2015, November or something. You're like, oh, we were in Bali or something. And this beautiful memory comes up and you look at it together and you talk about it. It takes 30 seconds and you choose one each. So there's two little memories that you get to reflect on. It's such a beautiful ritual and it takes you back and it's just such a small thing that makes such a difference. And you can do it over the dinner table or, you know, if you are pressed for time in the morning, you can do it whilst you're having breakfast, whenever feels good for you. So we're going to actually talk you through what we would say to each other. So I'll go first. Now, remember, there's certain things the feminine requires or needs. and Or loves to hear. (laughs) And certain things the masculine needs. And so we're going to show you how that looked. So I would say, darling, today I appreciate you for, and I'll come up with an example of something she may have done. I really appreciate the way that you tickled my back this morning when I wake up. That makes me feel really loved and appreciated. Thank you. I am your rock. I'm immovable. You can rely on me. You are safe with me. I commit today to not trying to fix things and just listening, giving affection, being a great lover and making you feel cherished all day. What's one thing I can do for you today to make you feel even more cherished? And then I will share something which is just have a dance with me today. Or can I just have a foot rub after dinner? I like done and like I commit to that. And that's it. And then after I've shared my photo or video, my memory, then I will say, darling, I respect you. I appreciate you. I love you. I commit to not offering advice. I commit to supporting you. I love you unconditionally. I am here for you. And then I'll ask the same thing. Like, what can I do to support you more today? Is there anything I can do to show up for you even more? And then that's it. Often I would just say, today, I just really want you to not try and change me. Mm. Because at the time, that's what was kind of happening, right? And I just would reinforce the behavior, which makes me feel even better. And that is just, let me be me. And so one of Melissa's prompts is to let go. So yes, she just has to let go of trying to, she's about to control as well. Let go of trying to control. Or parent. Or my actions. And just let me be me. One of the big things about this is the masculine will forget stuff. We'll make mistakes. <laughs> and the most important thing is like, for example, if you're driving, Melissa would say, why are you going this way? And I'd be like, it would just drive me freaking nuts, right? And if I take a wrong turn, let me take a wrong turn. Because guess what? The masculine has to figure that out and figure out the right way to feel, right? To feel like he's, I don't know, problem solving or something. So making sure you let the men make mistakes and figure it out for themselves is really important. And this little recommitment ceremony doesn't have to take long, a couple of minutes each, but it makes such a difference. And doing it first thing in the morning, it's so beautiful. And it really did help our relationship at that time when we were needing it. Yeah, it was a game changer. All right, number seven is do your own inner work, take responsibility for your own health and happiness. And definitely when we first met, this was absolutely core to the reason I think we even came together. We were both doing pretty intense self growth, personal development work. And we felt, for me personally, I'll let you speak to it, but I felt literally for the first time in my life, totally comfortable with who I was and totally happy and at peace. I had like true, true happiness built on a proper foundation of self-love. I'd never had that before. I was always seeking it in relationships. I needed someone else to give me something that I was lacking, but I reached a point where I was like, oh my gosh, I don't need anyone. This is amazing. And the minute I felt like I didn't need anyone, I met Melissa. And I felt the exact same way. 
I felt so much inner peace and contentment within myself and like I didn't need a partner. And then in walks Nick. And one of the most beautiful things is we were both doing so much inner work at that time. We were both reading David Dieter at that time. He was reading The Way of the Superior Man. I was reading Dear Lover, which I'll link to in the show notes. They are exceptional books and I highly recommend you read them both. They're I think it was incredible. The third time I'd read it, I think. Yeah. But the third time was when it sunk in. Mm-hmm. So you know, we absorb the information when we need it the most. And so it's really important that you are doing your own inner work. You're taking responsibility for your own health and your own happiness. And that is going to help you thrive personally, but also your relationship. Yeah. An example, because this changes all the way through your relationship, how this actually looks. And we've done all sorts of stuff since we've been together. Like, it's not like we reach this magical place and like, oh my gosh, it's all rainbows and butterflies. That was just the I guess, the tipping point that allowed us to come together. And then, of course, the work continues from there. Forever. Forever. (laughs) And, you know, a recent example is before Bambi was born, I had this absolute, I don't know, it was a really deep calling, like an urgency for me to go really, really deep before she arrived. And for whatever reason, part of that was doing a 30-day juice fast. That was more of a spiritual assignment for you. It was. And I think it started out as a bit of a physical experiment, like how long will I, can I go? And literally within, I don't know, four or five days, it became spiritual because when you stop eating food altogether, you are faced with so much, like the reality of the conditioning, social conditioning, and also like addictions as well. I know that sounds like intense, like addictions are such a strong word, but my relationship with food, I realized, wow, it's actually really unhealthy. A lot of people are addicted to food. Well, I think everyone is to a degree, Mm. you know, eat to live, not live to eat, you know, that whole thing. So I did that, which was really, really intense. I'll speak about it one day. I lost like 10, no more, 12 kilos or something. I've put it all back on. But it taught me so much about myself. And I just wrapped it up before Bambi was born. And yeah, it was fun. That's an example. So that's a really important point, doing your own inner work for your health and your happiness. Now let's move on to lesson number eight, expectations ruin relationships. If you've read Open Wide, which I'll link to in the show notes, you will have heard me say this so many times. And this is another thing that we used to write on our mirrors and on post-it notes and stick them all around our apartment because it's so important. Expectations ruin relationships. And this doesn't just apply to your romantic relationship. It applies to all of your relationships. And as soon as you remember this, you will find so much inner peace within yourself because you will come to a place where you realize that you have had so many expectations and that when you have expectations, it's like holding on with white knuckle grip. It doesn't feel good. When you can release those, so much inner peace comes your way. Mm, Totally. Some examples of that. So let's say Melissa has an expectation. I'm going to take out the rubbish bins, right? Now, that's a pretty reasonable thing to kind of expect a partner to do. But if it hasn't been communicated that that's my duty, right, then it becomes an expectation. But if Melissa and I sit down and say, hey, let's look at all the things that have to be done in the house. Which is what we did. We sat Mm. down at the very start of our relationship and we practiced what I call crystal clear communication, CCC, which is another thing I talk about in Open Wide. And we wrote down every single job or duty or chore, whatever you want to call it, that has to be done in our house. So making the bed, doing the washing, unstacking the dishwasher, taking out the bins. And we literally wrote next to it, Nick, Melissa, Nick, Melissa, who is doing what? So we have never had to have this conversation ever again. I don't ever have to ask him to take out the bins. I don't ever have to feel that anger or resentment or stress over something so little and silly because he just does it. And he might not do it when I want it done, but that's okay. It will get done. And that's where the feminine has to stop. And if the bin overflows and there's a fly problem, or ants come in, then the man has to fix it, right? You've got to let him do that. So one of the big things I've found in, in relationships is when one person's going through a bit of a challenge, there can be an expectation that the other person should be okay with, let's say, for example, I'm going through a bit of a crappy time. I just want to use you as a punching bag, and you should be okay with that because you are my wife. That is never okay. And that's a big expectation. It's never okay to use your partner as a punching bag. But common. But very common. Yeah. We've done, done it heaves of times. Oh my 100%. Gosh. Yeah. 100%. 
expecting your partner to do the personal growth work just because you are and expecting your partner to eat a certain way just because you are. These are all expectations and expectations ruin relationships. So maybe write down all of your expectations that you have on your partner Mm. and decide to let them go. Or communicate them. Crystal clear communication. Here are my expectations. I want to release some of these things with you. How can we work through this together? The last one, number nine. It's a big one as well. It is a big one. And it is no tit for tat. So what that means is you did that so I get to do this. It's kind of an expectation. Yeah. It sort of ties in, but it's we want to make it its own habit of getting out of because again, when you see this in relationships, you're sort of like, "Eh, it's pretty uncomfortable, right? Because the whole it's not sexy. It's not sexy at all to be tit for tat. Complete opposite. I think it's the it's biggest turn off. Biggest turn off to be tit for tat. Yeah, I did this or you did that. So I get to do this. And it's also going back into the past, which is one of the lessons that we spoke about before. You know, don't go back into the past. So let go of tit for tat. No more tit for tat. And not just in your romantic relationship, but in all of your relationships. And you can see how these all tie together. Like if you look at no tit for tat and you go through all these other points, it can definitely make your clothes off, right? It definitely is not meeting each other's needs. It can definitely make you angry and go to bed angry. It definitely can stop the love tap and stop you making love three times a week. It can definitely stop the play. It can definitely stop you doing things like recommitting because if you're tit for tat, you ain't recommitting every day. Just not. Because if you're recommitting every day, you're not tit for tatting. I promise you that. It can definitely stop you doing your inner work because you're too busy on the small stuff. And it can definitely make you have unrealistic expectations. And remember this, we learned this from Dr. John Martini. You only ever feel disappointed if you have unmet, unrealistic expectations. So if you're disappointed in your partner for something, have a look at where are your expectations unrealistic? Because when they don't meet that, which they won't because they're unrealistic, you'll feel disappointed. But tip for tat is so unsexy. So that, that's our top tips. They are our nine lessons for epic relationships. We're still working on them. We still implement them in our own life and they have been a game changer for us. They have helped us so much in our relationship. And I hope that you guys got a lot out of these. Write them down, share them with your partner or share this episode with your partner. But these nine lessons have been a game changer for us and I hope you love them. Yeah, so good. Thanks for being on the journey, baby. Oh, And working you. through all this stuff together and having to figure it all out. And guess what? We're going to be figuring it out forever. Yeah, we're still navigating new stuff now. Yeah, with, you know, newborn. How does it work with staying awake a lot of the night if Bambi's having one of those nights? Like, who does what? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? So be gentle with yourself and your partner and bring play, lightness and fun to your relationship. This doesn't have to be so serious. Like, just bring lightness and play to these principles, these lessons and share them with your partner and, you know, apply them to all of your relationships. It's going to help so much. So I hope you got a lot out of today's episode and I love you guys so much. Ditto. And I love you. I love you too. (laughs) Bye. Don't forget to head to comparisonitis.com to get your copy of my latest book and all the free goodies that go with it. I cannot wait for you to read it and to hear what you think. So, what did you think? They are our nine most powerful game-changing habits from our own personal lessons being married to each other. And as I said in the intro, these are easy to do, powerful, and very, very tangible. You will see results if you actually use these habits in your life, in your relationships. So, what were your biggest takeaways? What did you learn? What did you love? Definitely share this with us on social media. Melissa's Instagram at Melissa Rampasini, my Instagram at I am Nick Broadhurst. If you do a story and you tag us or a post, we always respond. We see every single message and we're always personally in there saying hello and responding. So we'd love to see your top takeaways from this episode. Now, I got so much out of this because I got to reinforce the things which have changed my life. So just by going over it again, it just kind of you know reminds me of the things that have, that have really changed my life. And that's what's so good about podcasts, right? Because you get to hear real lessons from real people. And that's what this is, guys. This is really, really powerful, tangible stuff. So if you loved this episode as much as we love recording it for you, please make sure you subscribe to Melissa's podcast. And if you can, leave her a review. She loves getting reviews. We see them 
every single time they come through, we're subscribed to a special service, which emails us a summary of all reviews. So we actually read every single review and we love reading them because it helps us improve the show. We get to see what you love and it's just really nice to see what you guys are enjoying. So definitely head over there and leave a review on iTunes or your favorite podcast platform. And if this episode really resonated with you, perhaps share it with someone, take a screenshot, copy the link, whatever you want to do, but share it with someone who you know could benefit from this information. Uh, That's how great ideas spread. It's from people like you to the people that you love sharing something that's impacted you. And we'd be super grateful if you could share this episode with someone that you love. And don't forget today to look up, see the beauty around you, see the beauty within you. Be gentle with yourself, be love, be kind, and above all, have a beautiful day. I love you heaps. Mwah!